You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. I was in Wyoming last week too. So I was like, we, we went on a hike every morning and we had our bear spray. And I was like, you guys guess like, have you seen this article? <laughs> this is my client's brother. It's so crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we're glad that he's okay. And it's just crazy that it happened so close to home. Um, anyway, okay, let's jump in. Welcome back to the matrix. I am excited to be here. Last week I was at my own mastermind in Wyoming in Jackson Hole. Um talking about how to grow the matrix basically. And I was really glad that I got to go and I'm really excited to be back with you today. So we're going to continue our conversation about the the abundant heart um, because that's been our theme in the form of like marketing and sales. And so because we're entrepreneurs, right? Like I love talking about abundance and feeling abundance in our hearts and like living a life where we're full of gratitude and, and awe for the life that we already have but I really want to bring this into entrepreneurship because we, our job as entrepreneurs is to grow our business, right? Is to make more money, is to serve our clients, is to do the things that an entrepreneur does. And a huge part of that is marketing and sales, no matter what you sell, right? Like no matter what you do, you are a marketer. And so what I want to kind of tie together is how to have an abundant heart in your marketing, because I think it's easy to get lost in the world of marketing and being like, I need a funnel. I need a good offer. I need to charge. Like I need to think through my price strategy. I need to like, you know, say the right message and I need to attract the right client. All this like very granular detailed stuff about marketing. And that's awesome. Like I can nerd on that. You guys know, I can nerd on that out on that stuff with you, but at the heart of the matter is how you feel about marketing and why you market in the first place. Like, that's a good question to sit with. Like, why do I even want to market? Why do I want to add value in the world? Why do I want to tell people about what I do or like create content? Why, like, why am I doing this? Because I think in the very beginning in this, like the seedling phase of our businesses, it's because we want to help people. We want to entertain them. We want to serve them. We want to make their life better. And then we find ourselves in this world where it's like we get caught up in the things and we forget like what really matters is service. And so to me, having abundant heart in marketing is like, I'm here to add value. Like to me, like I like in my notes for this session, I was like, marketing is adding value. Sometimes we can get so lost in what marketing is and like what is considered marketing and that's good marketing. I don't want to be inspirational. Like people aren't reaching out to me and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, like if you get stuck, every time I've needed to make more money in my business, I just remind myself, I just need a market, which is adding value and building the relationship with my people. And so I'm going to share some thoughts that I have about marketing. And I, I'm excited to open it up to you guys to coach and to, to chat through some of maybe the mind drama that comes um, from marketing. And um, is someone is waiting to hear from me today. And we've, I've shared this thought before, but it's so powerful when you actually really believe that, like there's someone in the world that maybe like, why not imagine this, that someone is like opening their Instagram, hoping to see a post from you. I think about that all the time. And you know, what's funny is I get feedback from people who are like, when you haven't posted in a while, like I've been looking at your profile, like they, they literally are waiting to hear from me. And so you, why not just believe that, that someone's waiting to hear from you today. The other one, the other thought that's really powerful for me is my imperfect, messy action is enough to change someone's life. And I don't take that lightly and neither should you, right? These are real human beings. Whenever like I, I catch myself too, because I'm, I have a human brain just like you. <laughs> Whenever I have thoughts like my audience isn't big enough or there's not enough people or my ideal clients aren't in my audience or like my, my audience doesn't care about what I say. I remind myself that these are real human beings with real lives who are giving me their attention in some form. I'm like, and I can change their life with something I post today. That makes it very real to me. Like imagine if your whole audience on social media came to your front door and we're like, Hey, can we have dinner? Or Hey, can we hang out? Like that would be a lot of people, even if it's a hundred people, right? Like that's still a lot of people. And so making it real and also like attaching your value to their life that like you could literally impact their life for the better for the rest of their life, just because of something that you said or did. 
And what's interesting is this is where the paradox is because you don't want to bring that in and like get so in your head that you don't say anything, right? Well, I could change their life. What am I going to say? <laughs> Versus like, no, I could say something and it might, I might not even think it's that good, but it could change their life. I'm going to get this out today. That showing that I, I'm showing up with consistency. The next thought, it's not about saying it one perfect way. It's about saying it as many times as it takes to reach my people. This is where a lot of people get hung up. I used to do this. Like I remember I downloaded some PDF off of Pinterest or something. You guys have probably seen it about my ideal client avatar. And I'm like, you know, doing, being busy work, being busy working, filling out this like ideal client avatar worksheet. And like, I had this like fear that I wasn't saying it perfectly or like that it wasn't like the right message for them. And what I've found is it's not so much about saying it one perfect way, like the one thing that goes on your Instagram bio or the one post or the one I help blank statement. It's how many times are you willing to say it until your people hear it in a way that makes them take action. And so um, like, I want to share this. This is how I think about consistency. It's like, you can do action. And if you're in the miracle mind, we, we just talked about this, but like, dot, 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 right? Like, you know, days or weeks go by and then like one big action or like days and weeks go by and one blog post or like days and weeks go by and like one awesome um, post on social media, right? But if you're going to, if you notice, and this is something that I've always taken care of in my, in my own business is I take a lot of small actions over time. So I'm getting, I'm constantly getting feedback and data to improve. It's really, really hard to improve your marketing if you're not marketing <laughs> or if you're doing it occasionally versus daily. And so for me, having abundant heart means that I'm showing up for my people almost daily. Not because I have to, it's like, if you think about like a relationship, it's like, oh, well, I'm in this relationship with this person. So I, I, I have to call them because it's on the checklist that I downloaded from the internet. What kind of relationship do you think you have with that person? Probably not good. Versus like, I love these people. What can I say that's going to help their business today? I want to be in touch. I want to, to serve. That comes from like that, that abundant feeling of like, I have a lot of value to give. I want to help you guys grow. I, help, I want to help you guys thrive. Like I'm going to make a post for you. And what's interesting is when you're in that state of mind, it's so easy to come up with content because you're not worried about how you look or what people will think. You're just like, I want to help you. Here it is. And I don't know if it's perfect, but I hope this serves you. Such a different experience, right? Instead of checking your stats and getting obsessed with if people like you, it's not even about if people like you. It's about whether or not you are serving people. And so this goes beyond like a checklist. It really is a relationship. So I'm going to say that, that line again for you. It's not about saying it one perfect way. It's about saying it as many times as it takes to reach my people. I, I read a really powerful blog post from Rich Litvin once that was like how to be an overnight success in like 36 years or something like that. And I really liked it because we see in our industry, like a lot of like that quantum leap, huge income months, overnight success, but we forget that that was built on consistently adding value over a long period of time, long period of time. And so if you've been feeling down about your marketing or overwhelmed, it's like, take a bite like that, that that line that a lot of people, some people like it and some people don't like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. In marketing, it's easy to think that we need to have every part of our marketing plan figured out. We need to know exactly what our pillars are and our tenure plan for marketing and like where you're going to show up and is the message perfect and all of this stuff when really it's like, did you show up today with service on your mind? Did you share something that could help your ideal client or your ideal like um, customer today? And then can you do it again tomorrow? And even, okay, maybe we don't even think about tomorrow. Can you do it today? And then can we repeat this process every day? And to me, that's always been enough because I, I love thinking about 10 years in the future. Like that's super fun, but it can also be overwhelming. Instead, it's like, can I show up for my people today? Yes. Can you come up with something that you either read or experienced or a story or some value to add today? Does it have to be the most profound thing? That's another thing, especially coaches we get caught up in is like trying to be the most profound or the most differentiated where you're like, you are a unique blob in the blob of coaches. And I don't think that that serves us. It's like, just add value. It can be that uninteresting, like that 
un, unsexy is like, I'm showing up, I'm adding value. I'm not trying to be the most different. I'm just trying to be of service. To me, that's marketing with an abundant heart. And then the last thought that like we've shared a lot over, I've, I've shared a lot over the years is like, this isn't even about me. When I get in my head about content, that, that thought snaps me back really fast. It's like, this isn't even about me. Because if I make it about me, I'm going to filter what I say, or I'm going to kind of try to manipulate people into liking me. And I, if I do that, I'm not serving because then I made it about what I get from this relationship. And if, if that's how a business rolls, you're going to notice it doesn't feel good. And you don't actually make as much money as you can when you're thinking that way, because people buy things based on what they want, right. Based on what serves them in their life. And so the more we can get obsessed with what they want, the more money you're going to make. So this isn't even about you or me. This is about the people that we can help. And that has always served me in my marketing. Now we're going to kind of talk about sales and specifically like thinking about getting people to actually like whip out their credit card and pay you. Um, And I'm going to share a little bit like on a console, but even just like imagining someone on a sales page or looking at at your product or service, like on their phone, right? They're looking at it and they could press buy now or book a consult now. That action, like, what do you think about that? And so one of the questions that I, I always am asking myself is like, does this truly serve them? And what's interesting is sometimes we have a lot of mind drama about this, but well, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to help them. And you have to put yourself in their shoes, consuming your product or getting coached by you or whatever, what is their life going to look like on the other side of this? Maybe they've had a profound life-changing experience that happens, right? Where they, their life was one way and now it's very different. But sometimes it's just like they thought they had they had a better day than they did the day before. They feel better. They feel more inspired. They feel they were entertained. They were excited. Um, they believed more. How does my service make their life better? Like if I ever get stuck in content, or a sales page, I'm like how do does what I do make their life better? Sometimes we, our default is negative. Our default is biased towards like, we don't really make a difference. <laughs> or like, I'm just like everyone else. I'm not that different. I don't make that big of a difference. And if we let our brains run wild, we can really get lost and like that we don't matter or that we're not interesting enough. And I think I've shared before, like one of my, my core beliefs that I'm always watching is like, I'm not that interesting. Um, which that thought does not serve me or my clients at all. It is a very selfish thought, like self-centered thought. I'm not that interesting. That's not focused on service. That doesn't get me in into an action state of mind where I want to help you guys or create content or create frameworks or ideas or anything, right? Like it just, I'm just a self-focused person when I think that. And so asking your brain better questions gets you into a different state of mind. And so I really like, how does my service make their life better? And I make myself answer that. In fact, if you take anything away from this call, spend time thinking about that. Um, and then the ripple effect, this is something you guys all have access to the pro coach. And I, in that program, I talk about the, this ripple effect idea that like what you do changes their life in ways, both obvious and not obvious, right? You could be a relationship coach but they think about their business differently or their work and career differently. You could be in like a more of like what I do, like business or money, but their relationships get better because of the work you do. And like the ripple effect is kind of fun to think about. Maybe they parent differently. Maybe they treat the grocery store clerk differently. And to me, this isn't just, this isn't something necessarily I would say in like my marketing or like on a sales page, but it's helpful for me to think through and it helps me believe in what I do, right? That in general, their life gets better in lots of ways, known and unknown. But it's kind of fun to shine a light on it and make it known for me because I'm like, I believe in what I do, right? Um, and then the last concept that I, I want to really drive home today is the idea of needing nothing from our clients. That's that's a really powerful, like if we're to kind of talk about like positioning, it's it's a powerful position to not need anything from your clients and people can feel that. Right. When you need someone to say yes on a console or you need someone to buy from you, that energy actually repels people. Right. But if you really don't need anything, how much clearer can you be about how you can serve them? I actually just had this um, this experience last week. I had a consultation with a one on one client and I really did not need her to sign. And I could feel that and I could really see how I could help her. 
It was so clear, right? So clear how I could help. And the way I coached her, the way that I guided her to a decision was clean. And she, like, I think that we, she could really feel that I was in this to help her. Is it nice to make money? Always. Like, I, I think as you guys know, like, I want you to make a lot of money and to grow your business, but it's so much easier when it's focused on serving the person in front of you. And so one of the questions that you might consider is like, how do I stop needing anything from the people? And this shows up sneaky. Sometimes you need your audience to like you. I know like my default is very much a people pleaser. I want people to like me, but then if I'm focused on, on getting them to like me, I've stopped thinking about how I can serve, like truly serve them. If I try to get people to even like share my stuff or if my, if my, if my intent is to get something from them, I've lost the magic of what entrepreneurship really is about, which is about service. And it's, it's sneaky, right? Sometimes we don't even notice it until we shine a light on it. So that's what I'm trying to help you do right now is what are you thinking that you need from your audience or your clients? Do you need them to like you? Do you need them to say you're the best? or that you've made a profound difference in their life, right? Or are you here to serve them? Are you here for them so that you can shine a light in their life and make their life better? One will make you a lot of money easy. <laughs> and it's like a beautiful byproduct, right? Um, one will allow you, your content will flow. You won't be consumed, uh, concerned with how they're gonna take it or if they're gonna like it or if this is gonna resonate because you're focused on, is this serving them? Is this gonna help them change their life for the better? And for me, marketing, that's what marketing is. I really, I read a really powerful book called This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And he talks about how marketing is just change, right? Like giving people the opportunity to change. If you think about content, and this is like a two-edged sword, right? So be mindful of this as a consumer, right? Um, people can change your mind about things. And so, but what's cool about that is you can help people change their mind in a way that deeply serves them, right? Maybe they've been thinking one way and it's caused them a lot of pain. This is why I love coaching. And then all of a sudden you're introducing a new idea, a story, a concept or a coaching method or whatever, and they think differently and then they stop feeling pain or they stop recreating suffering or results that they don't want. To me, that's marketing. And so I hope all of this is helping you just, I don't know, I think marketing can't be talked about enough because it's like the life force of any business, but the way that you do it can feel really good. It doesn't have to be stressful or, and you don't have to feel locked in to how, doing it a certain way, or even like the word that comes to me is like corporatizing it, like making it like a corporate thing. Like, okay, like I have a business, I market because that's what we do. And then I'm going to be really rigid in my rules and am I doing it right? And I'm going to be concerned about my message. Like, I don't think that's helpful at all. It's like, am I serving someone? And am I adding value? Am I doing it consistently enough that people feel like they have a relationship with me? To me, that's where beautiful marketing comes in. That's like personal brand. That's, that is our advantage, right? When I think about like Coca-Cola, <laughs> it's not like heart. Like, I don't feel like they, that we have a relationship, right? Very corporate, cold marketing. But like personal brands, we have the ability to truly change people's lives. And when we come from an abundant place where we're here to serve, we're not here to get something. And we let all the things be a byproduct, the money, the clients, the recognition, the audience growth, whatever, be a byproduct of you adding value to the world. I feel like that's where things get really fun. You can come from a detached place where you don't need anything. You don't need to be liked. You're just here to serve. And ironically, more people like your stuff when you're coming from that place. Um, and I think all of this speaks to that idea of like that internal locus of control. And to me, that's what abundant heart means is that I'm consciously directing my mind to choose abundant thoughts. And you can have abundant thoughts about money, but you could also have abundant thoughts about marketing and your clients that haven't even paid you yet. One of the other thoughts that I have that has served me really well is that there's gonna be people that follow me that never buy from me. And that's a beautiful thing. I don't need them to buy from me. That's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. So they can follow me. They can follow my work and never purchase anything. And I'm still going to show up for them because I trust that the other people, there's going to be a group of people that do want to buy from me. And I show up for them too. I show up for both groups at the same time on my podcast and my Instagram and my emails. Where are you showing up for your people? And where, how, like, what energy are you bringing them? 
Do you need something from them? Do you need them to like you or are you here to serve them? To me, it's like, and what's interesting is this can look the same, right? This can look like you posting. This can look like you sharing your thoughts and sharing stories, but the energy that's feeling it is very different. And only you can know. And this isn't a, a permission slip to judge yourself for how you've been creating content or marketing up to this point. Like, I don't think that's useful at all. Um, when I first started, if I'm being really honest, like I did want people to like me. <laughs> like that is why I was there. I want people to like my thoughts and like, and think I was like this profound writer and that I was changing their life. Like I wanted to hear that. But as I grew, I realized like no one can give me that. No one can heal that within myself except for me right? Where I can decide that I'm enough and I'm here to serve. I have an overflow, right? That experience is so much different than like, will you like me? Will you like my stuff? Do you like my content? Is it good enough for you? Versus like, hey, I have something to share that can change your life. Here it is. Was this helpful to you? Oh, here's some more. Is this helpful to you? And then using that data to inform how I can serve better. To me, that's what business is all about. And it's like a fun puzzle, because I don't need anything from anyone. I really am like innovating and trying to create ways to serve them better. And that's how I evaluate and, and use the data. Not as a, as a permission slip to judge myself or to say I'm not doing it good enough or that someone else is marketing better than me. That doesn't help me. It doesn't help me help the people I wanna help. So for me, the abundant heart changes my experience of the gap, right? Where I am. To where I want to go. I will, I enjoy the process. I'm here to serve. So everything that I do is to make me more valuable to my, my audience, to make my myself, my life better. Not because I need anything, but because I'm here to give. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? When we decide to be an entrepreneur, we choose to solve other people's problems. And yes, we make money from it, but truly like it is about the people we serve. So whenever you get into the mind drama, whenever you find yourself drifting into do they like me? Is this, am I good enough? Who am I to be doing this? You have with love in my heart for you, you have become self-centered and that's not bad. That's very normal, right? Like that's like the natural man in all of us is to be self-centered. But what's cool is, is in a moment you can come back and realize, oh my gosh, I made this all about me. This isn't even about me. This is about the people I can serve. And to me, that shift can happen in an instant. This does not take time. And your marketing can dramatically change. The content that you create can dramatically change. The results you get can dramatically change from this, this mindset of abundance. Okay, that is my spiel for you guys today. And I would love to talk about marketing, sales, abundance, all the things. Um, we can go into like nitty gritty stuff about marketing, your content, your messaging, um, your mindset about all of this stuff, anything that came up today. I'm I'm here for this conversation. So Go ahead and just raise your hand if you want to get on the hot seat. Um, remember, just as we're, I'm waiting for someone to raise their hand, there's no such thing as like stuff that's good to be coached on or dumb questions or anything like that. All of it is useful because I guarantee if you have a question or something, it other people will benefit from seeing you get coached or work through it with me. So it is abundant to be coached because other people benefit. Okay, who's feeling it? Who wants to come on? Hey, Rebecca. I will. I feel like I always get coached though. So no, I love it. it. That's why you're here. No, that's why you're here. Let's Praise do it. it. Okay. So I feel like this is definitely me having selfish thoughts. Sorry, I've gotten calm in my okay. <laughs> Um, But I've been kind of, I have this reoccurring kind of mind drama about being original. And I know that like hearing what you've said today like that's totally me being in that place of like ego of me being like am I this original coach yeah. with like things that make me different but I also and I, it does really kind of fuck with with my uh creativity and what I put out there because it's like I'm constantly thinking like you know I don't know I, I just got these ideas from you know podcasts and books that I've read like I've just heard this from somebody else and this isn't like I don't know it's like I'm thinking that I'm not original enough or um I don't know does that make sense yes 
you're not the only person I've coached on this recently. <laughs> um, and this is something that I, I learned from Russell Brunson. He talks about this idea of curation, which really helped me. We're like, sometimes I have original thoughts and that's great. And sometimes I don't that I don't make that a problem when I don't have original thoughts. And so one of the things that um, you might consider yourself as like a content curator, or, well, I guess, let me back up. Mm. Is this about your content or is this about when you coach people? Uh, just my content. Cause I know yeah. that, you know, I, this is what's weird actually. Cause in, when I'm coaching people, I'm still using all the same things that I've learned from, you know, other coaches and, you know, authors that I've read, like it's all coming together. But for some reason, I don't feel like it's copying or stealing when I'm just using it to help people on a coaching call. But the minute I'm kind of sharing it, and I, I'm not not saying that I ever like copy it as in right. copy what Please someone's right. posted, yeah. but more, yeah, more just like I've heard something that's really clicked with me and then I've thought about it. Then I put it out there into the world in my own way with my own kind of take on it. Um, but yeah, so it is just my content really. Yeah. And I think that that line of thinking too, can really like paralyze you of like, mm-hmm. I need the original, like think about how, I don't know when I think that thought I'm like constricted. Like, yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Versus like, Hmm, what can I share today that I've learned recently in my own words, the benefit like would help someone. I don't really yeah. think anything about being original. It's just like trying to add value. Yeah. So this idea of curation might be helpful for you. Like, so I studied psychology in, in um, college. And one of the things that we learned is like, when you create a paper of research, like you cite your sources and you cite a lot of them. And that was really good. It was like, yeah, like a plus, like you, you like cited your sources. And it's funny. Cause like, that's what I do now. You guys know, I love books and I love sharing them with you. You're still here yeah is it all original that I teach you probably not but I'm not trying to be original I think that that will come from your belief but trying to be original can be limiting yeah I think that's when I get stuck as well because I'm like well how often should I like cite or like say where I got something from because you know I can't most of the time I don't even know where I first heard something it might just be you know, something that I've heard a few people say or, or you know, something I've, I don't know, it, it can be hard to like, I always think, when should I um, say, I heard this from, or I learned this first from whoever. I don't really trust myself quote? to know. No. Okay. Then I would just say, I was just thinking about blank, right? Relationships. And this is what I think. But if it's like a quote, I always try to like, or like a concept, like upper limit, for example, is clearly from the book, The Big Leap. So I try Mm, to like, Gay Hendricks from The Big Leap teaches upper limits. I did not invent Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, yeah. So it's like an actual. Yeah. Versus, but like, I could also say like something that um, like in general, so like, I'm going to say something very general, like communication is key for a healthy relationship. Is that an original thought? No. But what relationship expert wouldn't say that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this is how I teach my clients to communicate clearly. Blank, 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 blank. Yeah. 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 Because that's the thing. And I think that's where I get stuck. Like I can get myself down a rabbit hole of like, well, this is just a universal truth. Like, but then I'm like, yeah, but it's bad because I heard someone, I learned this universal truth from somebody else. And then yeah. I'm like, and that means I'm not original and I'm a stealer and I'm a copier and I'm just a fraud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which again, like you said, it, it's me focusing on my ego of like, you know, and and also like, it's kind of that scarcity of like, there are only, or I don't know, like, I guess it's that belief that there are such things as original thoughts and that they're like in a vacuum versus, you know, we're all just learning from everyone. Like even the person that I first heard say, the person I first knew to say something, they've heard it from somebody else. And yes. they've been in, like, they've heard it from somebody else and they've heard it from somebody else. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like what I've found, the more people I cite, the more credible I become because I'm not pretending that I invented this idea. Like Mm. I'm sharing who I learned it from. 
And most people, like if you read books, they share where they learn things from. And, but it's that curated idea, like, because not everyone's read all the books that you have or learned from the podcast that you have, and you're curating it for your clients. It's most relevant to them. And then you pair that with your stories, your original insights, your client testimonials, your own way of thinking about it. And now it's completely Rebecca. It's not any of your men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think my brain's then like still coming back with this anxiety of like, well, when should I like like credit somebody from something? If it's but a I quote. guess just if it's a quote or a concept. Yeah, or like they treat like I, the way that I think about it is like that would be clearly their idea. Like if I were to be like, yeah. I'm gonna teach you about this concept I invented called the model. <laughs> yeah 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 and then you found Brooke Castillo you'd be like what <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? yeah like I remember once I did a post about um what was it it was something to do with questioning your thoughts and thoughts not being facts yeah um and someone commented on my post like this is Byron Katie's work you should credit them and like, I was really taken aback and yeah. I was like, I actually didn't learn that from Byron Katie. I totally right. didn't. I've learned it yeah. from so many other so, people, but yeah. I also know she teaches it. And I was like, oh no, it have I done something really lot. wrong? Like when I first heard the model from Brooke Castillo, I almost like laughed because I had heard that from like Tony Robbins and Byron Katie. Like I had studied other people before I found, found Brooke Castillo's con- um, podcast. And so I was like, this isn't new. And she, te- but she says that, right? There, it's not like the model belongs to her. She just kind of defined it in a certain way that got very popular. But thoughts create feelings or that thoughts aren't true is universal. So it's kind yeah, of so that's that not person's like, Byron Katie said it. A lot of people said it, but I can tell that you still hang on to that, that someone's going to like call you out. Like you have a fear of someone saying you're not original or you're not, you're not citing someone. Yeah. So do you think it was okay that I didn't credit anyone in that post about thoughts? So if what I would do is I would like do a little research and see like, do is what you said in the exact words, something Byron Katie said, because if it is, then you mm. go back and just, yeah, edit. no, it wasn't. I didn't. Yeah. So then I would say you're fine. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I did, I do feel like that. And I think, you know, yeah, I know that I bring, my own complete uniqueness and and like creativity to yeah. it and, and write it in my own way I could never copy what somebody else said and if I yeah. did I'd always like tag them in it and, and give them credit but yeah I think it's like even that I like judge myself and not being the one that's come up with these ideas but we're yeah. all sharing ideas and, and learning from each other I guess like even Byron Katie will have learned from people and things So, and this is what's interesting too, when we're consuming a lot, it can be easy to forget that like we learned that from someone. Um, This was a few years ago. I like directly quoted my coach and I didn't know that. (laughs) So she messaged me and she's like, "Um, you just used my quote. And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice because I, what I, like, this was really powerful for me. And this is why I think it matters. Like how would, I didn't digest it enough to say, how would I say this? I just literally like quoted her without quoting her and that happens, but I was humble enough to just be like, I am so sorry. I didn't, that was not my intention. I was not trying to copy you. And so to me, that's like something you can fall back on is like, even if you do accidentally copy, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it is kind of to be expected. Like I always think of it in terms of like musicians as well. Yeah. Like if they're trying to like write a song, they think about like they're inspired by other musicians that create it. And and no one ever said, thinks that's a bad thing. You're like, oh yeah, this is totally of this era or this like mm-hmm. type of music. This sounds like the Beatles or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you don't we you, you call it inspiration versus yeah. copying, which I think is is so interesting to think yeah. about it. And yeah, kind of come bringing your own thing to it. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think if you just spend even five minutes more with a concept to ask yourself, how would I say this to me? that That's when I started mm-hmm. that practice. And my coach is like, hey, like you just shared the same quote that I did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why did that happen? It's because I didn't spend enough time to. OK, I had this awesome idea, but I didn't realize I was just 
it was almost like library, like I'm pulling it out of my mind because I heard it from someone and then I put it out into the world. I didn't pull it out and go, how would I say this? And spend truly thinking through how would I say this if I was thinking about serving my clients and then the content. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I feel better about that. Thank you. Yeah. Lonnie said, I had someone do that the other day too. Sometimes it's hard to let it roll off. Yeah. And, and I think this is where we have to drop our ego a little bit and just be like willing to take that feedback for me. When my coach said, like, she's like, you quoted me, like, I felt embarrassed, but I also just was like, okay, like it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. What am I going to do now? I'm going to learn from that. I'm not going to make it mean that I'm this horrible human or that I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Okay. Who else wants to jump on the hot seat? Me. Yay. Hi, Cindy. (laughs) Hey. Okay. I have a couple of things. Um, So the first thing is, I know you've talked about this before, but I think I, it's bothering me so much. I feel like I probably need some coaching on it, but like, my whole friend groups and, you know, the teachers I work with and um, some of the authors, since I've been reaching out to authors and stuff, everybody like bugs me because (laughs) they're so um, short-sighted and like, they're so negative. Like, everybody talks about negative stuff constantly and I'm like I feel like I can't even have conversations with anybody anymore because they're like I walk into school or somewhere else and I'm like oh my gosh it's such a great day and they're like is it I mean, we're at school. It's Monday. Is Monday ever a good day? You know, I feel like I can't talk to anybody. And like my personality is so that everybody I see, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Everything's so good today. Did you see the stuff? It's snowy today. Isn't that awesome? And um, there's, you know, we get to see the kids again today. We didn't get to, you know, teach our kids over the weekend. Isn't it fun? And they're like, no. (laughs) <laughs> it isn't fun and you know just with um with Halloween I have a lot of get-togethers with people because Halloween's my favorite yeah and just everybody is so negative <laughs> I've never really noticed how negative people are before and so it's like I feel like I don't want to be around them but I'm such a people person I feel like I can't separate myself from them. And even like my friend called me this morning and in a way it was really good because she's like telling me she's going through the same types of struggles that I went with through with my mom, with her dementia and her dad and all of that stuff. And so I was able to, you know, after I just said, so tell me what's going on. And then she just, you know, for 20 minutes and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I should be a better friend and be okay with her complaining about this stuff. And then at the end, I was just like, you know what? I, I had to totally change who I was in order to serve my mom and to serve my dad. And you're going to have to see them as, um, of course, they're not going to go and, you know, work with the lawyer to get the trust done. They're five. you know and and you have to change and choose to laugh and um luckily she's a good enough friend that she and she's she's an author and I think creatives tend to be a little bit more receptive to having somebody kind of counsel that I mean she didn't ask me for my counsel honestly but I just thought I just felt like I had to share that with her and she was very receptive and she's like this has changed me you know thank you for talking me through this but you can't do that with all of those other people right you Mm -hmm. can't be like well hey you know (laughs) 
change yourself so that you're a better teacher, change (laughs) what you're thinking about so that you do love it. Why are you coming here? If you don't love teaching, um, why, you know, why are you at this party? If you're going to be like a Debbie Downer, you know, (laughs) I just want to like shake them. And I don't want to, I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. When people are complaining to me. Um, but I really don't want to be around them when they're complaining because that's not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I ever truly was a total complainer, but I just see it in people and it bugs me. I want to be around people and I can't be around them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, this is, this is going to be good for you. <laughs> Cause I, I went through a period like this too. And what I realized is that like, I needed them to be positive so that I could be positive, yeah. but you, that's not true. You don't need them to be positive for you to be positive. True. That's like that concept that I shared at the end. Like we don't, you need something from them, but what, what would your relationship be like if you didn't need anything from them? It would be flat and boring. It wouldn't be, well, I don't know. I guess it would be okay. I guess I, I don't know. I think relationships should be a give and take most of the time. I think, isn't that what relationships are? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of philosophy about relationships. The way that I think about relationships, there's only two things that a relationship is it's my thoughts about the person and my boundaries with that person right and so you could have the boundary of like if you're gonna be negative and you don't even have to say this in your mind if they're always negative I'm not gonna be around you anymore we're not gonna have be together in social gatherings because that's a boundary I have but on the other side you could also have different thoughts about the person right I don't need them to be negative or I don't need them to be positive I'm positive and I don't need anything from them. I just love them. That's a possibility too. And I think that most relationships are a combination, a personal choice combination of thoughts and boundaries. So do you need to change? Like I would say, do you need to change your thoughts about these people? Do you need to change your boundaries with these people? Or maybe a mix of both. Yeah, <laughs> There's no right both. or wrong. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. Mm. But this is something that I think like uh, is good for you to know. Are you going to stop being around them? Maybe a few of them. <laughs> I mean, some of them I can't. Yes. So those are the people I'm specifically thinking of. Like, like my kids, this is like a, another example. Like I'm not going to send my kids away. Right. Right. So I'm going to change my thoughts. Kind of like what you did for your parents with dementia. Right. You have a choice to make. And most of the people in the world aren't going to change. Like this is true for everyone on this call. Most of the world is not going to change. Very few people in world, the, our world actually change. So you can be in contention with that and be upset about that. Or you can just expect that and change your thoughts about it. Right. Like when they're negative, you probably have a thought they shouldn't be so negative. Yeah. Yeah. So why are you so negative? Yeah. What? But imagine the scenario of this person being negative and you didn't have that thought. You didn't think they shouldn't be negative. Hey, Sue, how are you? Oh, you know, it's Monday. It's not that good. You're like, hi, I'm having a great Monday. I hope you have a great Monday too. You don't have the thought that she shouldn't be negative. You just experience her with an abundant heart. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. This is the secret to life. I can do this. (laughs) Because then know what? You're not relying on anyone to be living the life that you want to live. No one. Right. All right. And that doesn't mean that you have to hang out with them all the time either. I think you can still have boundaries. I don't really hang out with negative people. They kind of all left my life. If they're negative, I don't really talk to them. I don't really communicate with them. We don't see each other. It was just like a natural 
falling apart, I guess, or drifting apart. And that was okay with me because I like right. more creative types of conversations. I think like you, so this could yeah. also be a little signal for you, Cindy, that like, it's time for different relationships in your life. And that's okay too. We don't have to judge the yeah. old relationships. It's just like, I outgrew them. Who else do I want in my life? What kinds of people do I want to hang out with? Right. Where can I find those people? Cool. I mean, it's sad too, right? It's kind of yeah. like a little bit like a death almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. You love, it's not that you don't love them or want, you know, want a relationship with them. Okay. I know what I need to do. It's hard. Um, I know. Okay. Um, so as you know, um, my book is coming out next month. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of messy action and it was funny because I prepared like all of this stuff. So I hired somebody to do like some of the marketing for me. So, um, she is working behind the scenes, getting some of that done. And, um, it was funny cause I had all of this stuff prepared, like, you know, the, this material that I need to be showing some of it has to show my authority that I'm a USA today, bestseller that I've sold millions of books and, um, that, uh, some has to be connection, which is usually what I only do. And that there needs to be like calls to action for all of them. And so it was really good for me because I went through all of that, what I was wanting her to create and to do and which frameworks to use specifically for me. And, um, she happens to be a good friend of mine, which makes it even more lovely that I'm working with her, but she's like, okay, she's like, so I don't know these words like framework and stuff, but these are the things that, um, I have done and what have been successful with some other authors that I have worked with. So basically her vocabulary is different from mine but it's actually exactly the same thing and she also um I know that I chose the right person because um we're on exactly the same wavelength about what I want and what she knows and she specifically works with authors so making that transition from kind of the real world selling into the specifics of selling books Mm -hmm. um but so but there are certain things that I have to do on my own one of those things is uh like with my newsletter so I sent out my the first messy action newsletter like I just kept telling myself I did. Yes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to send this out, even though I don't know what I'm going to say in it. And I just said, something's coming. And I did a little, um, you know, question thing. Do you have any idea what it might be? And then they could click on it. So I have more data to use Mm -hmm. to know who's clicking through and stuff like that. And um, so I actually, I thought I had 50,000, but I only have about 40. And so from this first one that I sent out, I thought, you know, nobody's going to open it. Everybody has forgotten me, but um, about 8,000 have opened it, which is pretty good. I think I've had a ton of people who have um, unsubscribed. They're probably like, who is this person? (laughs) But I think I'm... um, when do you know, like, if you're, so I, I'm just moving forward. I also made a post on Instagram. I actually just did. I usually just do stories. And how do you know if you're like, okay, so you kind of talked about this. Just keep, I should just keep doing it, even though 
I'm even though it's messy. <laughs> yes. And I, I I'm not exactly sure if I'm reaching the right people. Or if I'm reaching, I don't know. If I'm giving them what they need. But that's like the data thing that I was sharing. Like you can't yeah. you can't know without getting data. And right. you get data by taking less the action. <laughs> right. So I guess maybe I feel like maybe messy isn't good if you don't spend a little bit of time thinking about it before you do it or should you just <laughs> do it to do it and then refine it as you go because I have very little time at the moment to like spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm going to be posting like she's going to right now she's going to be focusing on TikTok because book TikTok is like where a lot of new authors are um which I kind of consider yeah. myself a new author so this doing is how, really well this is what I would evaluate like okay. if you're trying to think about it but it's but you're getting paralyzed in the thinking of it and no action actually gets taken then thinking about it is not the solution okay <laughs> it's okay that yeah and what's cool is is you have plenty of time to evolve and to evaluate over time um but I wouldn't let thinking get in the way of action. Right. Okay. So that's what I think I was doing. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to do this newsletter. I'm just going to send it out. And then five days later, I just need to do it. But yeah. what am I going to put in it? What am so I going to do? A long time. I used to have a sticky note. I don't have it anymore, but on my computer, I used to say, send it. Because I would do that. I would like overthink myself into inaction I would like yes who is this for I don't even know and so I would never end up sending it I right. have all these like files on my computer of Instagram posts and emails that I never sent and so maybe that's what you do just write in a little post-it send it <laughs> yes I'm getting it out into the world okay and especially since my like prep period for people to be prepared for it and to hear about it is so short um I really yes. need to or I shouldn't say need but I really want to I want them to know that it's coming because yes. people have been asking me for this for so long yeah. um so yeah and more so, is right now more is better yes Build the okay okay because people just don't see it. You think that they do, but they don't. They don't. So, okay. Yeah. All it's right. Like what I said, like my two thoughts that I shared today are relevant for you. My imperfect messy action is enough to change someone's life. And it's not about saying it one perfect way. It's about saying it as many times as it takes to reach my people. Those two thoughts. Yes. Are like your action plan. Right. Cool. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks. What, what day is your book launch? I think you told me before. Uh, the 9th okay. of November. Cool. That is so exciting. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Cindy. Okay. Anyone else uh -huh. want to come on and ask a question or get coaching? I have something. Hey, Shirley. Yeah. What's up? Okay. So... Hold on, sorry, I was just like cleaning my room while I was listening to the call. Um, okay, so I have this thought, and I don't know if it's very helpful for me, that I, like, in my audience right now, there's only one or two people who want to work with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know if that is, like, an abundant way of thinking about my audience, because I'm like, okay, if I really look at it log uh, logically, I'm like, okay, I have 1,200 followers. I have 500 people on my email list and that should be enough. But then I feel like the people who are actually reach out to me are just one or two people. Mm -hmm. And so that I guess like I kept on thinking that, oh, that's not enough. And maybe that is the reason why... Um, like I have a goal of I really want to uh kind of like break that limit of 
making over $10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I'm just like always um, uh, kind of like, I will feel like it's almost there. And then I wouldn't be able to reach it. Like it's good. And then I'm just like, okay, it's great. But I really want to see how I can really go to that next place I want to be at. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is a thing that's like keeping me stuck. That's making me feel limited. So I don't know if like, you're not going to like my answer, but I think it depends if I'm trying to sell a group program and I want it to, I want to fill five spots. And my thought is there's only one person that wants this. That's not helpful. But if I'm trying to sign one client today, that thought is really powerful, right? What does she need to hear today? What kind of content can I create that speaks to her? So what are you trying to create right now? I'm trying to create one-on-one clients. Okay. So we, we do that one at a time. So that's not a bad thought. Okay. But it's like, you can't just stop at one piece of content or one call to action. How many spots do you have left in one-on-one? Um, The ideal place I would like to get to is three more. Okay. So this is really interesting. Your brain is like <laughs> only two, two people are interested and that's a problem, but I really only need three people to say yes. <laughs> so what would it be like if you really believe three people, like I, we know for sure they're in your audience already. They're already following you. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. feel true? It does feel true. And then somehow I still tell myself that it's not enough. Like it's not enough to make more. 10K a month. Yeah. There might be some math truth to that. Have you run the numbers? Mm. Yeah. Like for example, if I have three more people who work with me at for three months, then it would be like, uh, 9,000 dollars for one month Mm -hmm. and then you have to recreate that the next month yeah and then it's like I think about recreating I'm just like oh but I'm full now yeah so this is where I mean I I feel like business is a lot of mindset but also like a little bit of strategy well not a little bit there is some strategy and numbers that we have to like actually pay attention to because I want you to have a 10k month, but I don't want you to just do it once. I want you to do it like three months in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of offers would you need in place to actually do that? Because, or else it's just wishful thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like, if you did one, on, if you'd sign three clients at one-on-one and you did, if you could, how long would it be until you had spaces again for more one-on-ones? Or could you create more spaces? Yeah, I think this is where I feel a little bit like, uh, uh, I don't know, it's like also out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, maybe I should start opening up slots, I don't know, like for groups instead. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I haven't tried it before. I, I did try it in the beginning of this year and mm-hmm. that was very fun. Um, but they, I so I also tried again in the middle of the year. And, and for that group program, I had like wine person sign up mm-hmm. and then we end up just working together um privately yeah and so I think that's the thing like I feel like well, maybe it's not enough right now for me to start like a group thing yeah but that's um, also because you believe there's only one person who wants it see that's what I mean like you can use that to your advantage or it can be the, the omitting thing mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go all the way to the I don't know when you did your group it was a few months ago it was like in April. Okay. So it was quite a while ago. So I don't know if it's super useful to go back there to kind of figure out what you need to do now. But if you're trying to fill a group, it's really important that you believe, like if you're trying to find six people, that there's six people, like that is the belief, you know, or there's 10 people that want it. Six will say yes, something like that. Um, because that's what you're trying to fill. But if you're trying to sign one-on-ones, it's helpful to think one, right? It, we like you summon the belief that makes sense for the result that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's like subconsciously, that's how we, we speak it out into the world, right? If you think you can get mm-hmm. one person for your group, that's what you're going to end up creating. Okay. 
yeah, I, yeah, I have to, I think I have to tell myself that this is really just the ne- next step. Like I already have the idea. It's already there, but yeah. I think I'm just scared to put it out there yes. <laughs> and to actually announce it and make it happen. Yes. And like, but that's, what's interesting is like the only way that you're going to get the data to sell a full uh, filled out group is by launching another group. That's the only way you can do it. Okay. Yeah. And like, something that that line on it, open it when I close, it just kind of makes me feel anxious (laughs) a little bit, knowing that there's a deadline to it. But then at least for my knowledge, how we do groups is like, you give a deadline Mm -hmm. and you give a, like, starting thing um so like something that I'm I'm trying to see if okay what if I make it into like a membership thing so like a monthly um group program where people can join but I don't know if that is effective enough to get them to actually sign up because there's no deadline so like the matrix is like that um it's like a year round it's a year-long container but I do have open cart periods so Mm -hmm. people still have to make a decision in the deadline before I open it again, which has been really helpful to me. Um, But that was like, I, that's a big decision to do something like that. Not because it's like bad. It's just like, I don't know if it's like an ending, unending thing, like a monthly membership Um, takes a lot more marketing and selling than most things in my experience anyway. So if you want to do it, like really decide powerfully, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll go back and think about it. Yeah. And like, I don't think, like I said, there's no like right or wrong. It's just like, do you really want to do that? Or is this like a, a fix for this part of your business, but not mm-hmm. a long-term thing that you really want? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because okay. we can think of a lot of short-term fixes for money, like cash flow. You could, the other thing that I was thinking of is like smaller one-on-one packages for you. Cause like, that's what I ended up doing. Like I have some clients that meet with me every other week. I have some clients that meet with me once a month. And that was my way of like filling people in and still making more money without like overburdening myself with calls. So there's, mm-hmm. I guess there's like why I'm saying that is like there's lots of ways to fix the cash flow right now for the next three months to get you to 10K a month. Yeah. Maybe a long-term group, but also others. Which ones do you want to do? Which ones make sense for your long-term vision for your business? definitely the membership yeah yeah so I really like the year-long commitment that I ask people to make um I just know monthly people come like the churn for monthly is really high so that's something that you can consider maybe they join for like a six-month commitment or something like that um just some of my thoughts I just I, I did a monthly membership a few years ago and it it burned me out really fast Hmm. not there's anything wrong with it it was just hard for my because like of my business model right like I did 33 dollars a month that like I had like 15 people join but that was not a lot of money compared to my one-on-one right and so it felt like really weird yeah yeah. okay Hmm. so my challenge for you Shirley is to do the math like how much money do you want to make and list out the ways that you can make that happen um both for like the rest of this year, but also into 2023. And actually we're going to be doing this in the matrix is like working backwards, doing the math, because I think it's really powerful to see because sometimes our belief gets stronger when we see the numbers. We're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Right. And also sometimes you see creative solutions where you didn't see it before. Like, oh, I could do like a little group program or I could do like, you know, a a smaller one-on-one package just for three months, something like that to get you to the numbers that you want to get to. And then you keep innovating in the future. Mm. Okay. So it's all with the belief that this is working. I don't yeah. want you to leave this call thinking it's not working. Your business is working. Then okay. be creative. Yeah. So I guess like the difference between membership and group is just that membership is just monthly thing. And group is like a specific period of time. Right? Yeah. Okay. But I guess you can still charge around the same price point oh yeah you can charge whatever you want is there something you're you're specifically thinking of um kind of like like I really like the monthly membership style but Mm -hmm. like 
as in like I want to continue to just coach every month I don't want it to end mm-hmm. um but just in terms of the pricing because usually when people think about membership they think about it as like a lower price point compared yes. to group but mm-hmm. I do want, feel like the stuff I can provide for the people in membership it can be similar to that of group coaching like we still do weekly coaching and I'll still offer teaching materials inside mm-hmm. the group as well yeah yeah what price point are you thinking uh I don't know yet <laughs> all of it's just like ideas right now yeah okay because the other thing that um I think that this is really powerful is to know like I did I made the mistake of not looking at my audience size for my group right mm-hmm. so I chose 33 dollars and that was not enough whereas now for the matrix it's like 400 dollars a month mm-hmm. and to me that makes more sense because I have a small group of people so I can serve them more powerfully I really know mm-hmm. them it's not like a traditional membership so that might be something that you consider is like, even if it's a membership model, it's a little bit more expensive because they get like your one-on-one attention pretty frequently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like a small size of people. Yeah. And and so the, the, the amount of money you charge has to make sense for it. It's like, it's a membership model, but like not a $50 a month thing. Mm-hmm. Because what I don't want you to have to do is put all this time and effort into something that makes you $400 a month mm-hmm. when you're one-on-one, you know what I mean? Like, I guess the price has to make sense. So when you make your decisions, think through how can I provide the most amount of value and make it leveraged so I can like add a lot of people and grow it, um, but still make the amount of money that I want to in the short term as well. Hmm. Okay. 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 Thank you. That was you're very welcome. Helpful. It's working. Okay. It is. <laughs> okay. Bye, Shirley. Bye, Cindy. Hey, I wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this podcast and for being a part of my community. I appreciate you doing the work with me. Um, and I know that the work we do is is unique, right? Blending the business work with the inner work is a special place. And so I want to invite you to share the matrix with a friend that's a coach or a solopreneur who would benefit from this type of work, that the, the work that you and I do in the matrix. My business grows through word of mouth, so I'd really appreciate if you spread the good word um, to someone that came to your mind through this episode, and I appreciate you, and I'll see you soon.